When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? A happy hump day to you and yours. Thanks for joining me as always. It is much appreciated. We need to have some fun today. We got into some of the meat and potatoes as far as the coaching staff yesterday. We've talked about Matthew Slater. We've talked about so much, but today is about having some fun. And today is about that time to get into some free agency. And what I wanted to do on today's show with all of you is take a look at the offensive side of the football for the Patriots and give you a plan give you a plan that I would put together if I were Elliot Wolf, Alonzo Highsmith, and the rest of the Patriots front office to attack that side of the football in free agency. My off-season offensive plan is what we're doing today. So jump on in. Thanks for joining me as always. As I just said, you can throw a comment in there, like, comment, subscribe. And as we go through this conversation, however you feel about the Patriots offense, what they need, what you would do, feel free to tell us. And we'll go back and forth and have that conversation. Let's start here. Miguel Benzin tells us that the Patriots have $74.5 million in cap space right now. February 21st, 2024, 11.02 a.m. The Pats have almost $75 million in space. Now the Patriots can create another $14.375 million in cap space by simply releasing J.C. Jackson. They could look at Jackson. Thank you for your service but you gots to go exit stage left. If they do that, you're going to pick up another $14.375 million. If you did that, and I would do that if I were the Patriots, I would release JC Jackson. I would have $88.8 million in cap space. So let's call it $89 million to spend. 89 million bucks to spend on this football team this offseason. So, again, we're just looking at offense today. This is not a complete plan. This is just offense. We'll talk about defense at some point down the road. We'll also talk about a draft plan, hopefully coming up in the next week or so. Today is just an offseason free agency plan to attack the offensive side. The first thing I would do, if I'm Elliot Wolf, the first priority, of this offseason, of this free agency period, is to start working on this offensive line. Now, you need both tackles, right? We've talked about this O-line over the past several weeks, a lot of gaping holes up front. So you need to start addressing this offensive line as one of the top priorities. And because of how the timing is going to work with the franchise tag, I think this is the first order of business because the first thing that I'm doing is I'm placing the franchise tag on Mike Owenu. I believe you tag a Wenu. Now, the tag, according to the over-the-cap projection, would be $19.885 million. So $19.9 million to franchise tag a Wenu. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it because he's a really good football player. And I understand there's some disagreement as far as whether or not he's a tackle, but he's still a really good football player. 
and this mess began because of you lacking the foresight of how to handle the offensive line, especially in the interior. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm tagging Mike Owenu. I'm giving him that $19.9 million, and I'm hoping that I can work towards an extension that will lower that number, that AAV down as you move forward. Really good football player. Uh, people, again, might disagree if he can play right tackle or not, but I think it's actually a feather in the cap. You look at his versatility. You know for a fact he can be one of the best guards in football. And now you know that he can play at least a serviceable right tackle slot. So I think that versatility helps Owenu's case. And if I'm the Patriots, I'm tagging him because of that versatility and because of how good he's been when he's been out there on the field. He's also homegrown. And some people might not think that's a big deal. I think it's significant. Taking care of your own players, the guys that you drafted, giving them extensions, do it the right way. So other players in that locker room can look at a Wenu as the example and say, hey, if I work my butt off, if I play at a certain level, I'm going to get extended by this team. So I would tag a Wenu. And as Nightshade SB says, you know, it, it might be a little bit too much money, but the need is there. The need is there. You know Trent Brown's not coming back. You can't allow Brown and Owenu to walk out the door because then you have zero starting tackles. So I would tag Owenu. That's my first move. The second thing I would do to address this offensive line, I know some people have been screaming about Jonah Williams. I would actually go out and sign an old friend. I would go out and I would sign Jermaine Illuminor from the Raiders. Now, Pro Football Focus, if you look at the contract, Pro Football Focus says that Illuminor should be worth around $7.5 million over two years. So I would go out and I would sign Illuminor. He's improving. He's a better football player now than he was here in New England. He is getting better and better. And when I talk about versatility like Michael Wenu, Illuminor also brings you versatility because he's played left tackle, he's played right tackle. So in this scenario, if you're looking at another tackle, let's say in the draft, well, now you have flexibility. You have options because you could play a Wenu at right tackle. You can play him at right guard and you can slide a Luminor to right tackle. Whoever you draft can play left tackle. You can slide a Luminor to left tackle and draft a right tackle. You get the point. But what I want is I want options and I want necessary depth and I want talent on that offensive line. So number one, I'm tagging Michael Wenu. Number two, I'm signing a Luminor. He's 29 years old. He still has plenty of football left. And the reason why I'm not going after Jonah is because I just don't think that you can afford to spend that much money. Of course, you can afford it because you have almost $89 million, but I'm talking about practicality. I don't think it's practical to tag a Wenu and then pay Jonah the money that he's going to be getting during this free agency period. So instead of going out there and paying all of that money to Jonah, I'm going to give the two years, seven and a half, eight million dollar deal to Illuminor, and he's going to be a guy that I can shift from the left side to the right side, from the right side to the left side. And if Owenu proves that he can't play right tackle full time, I now have Owenu's replacement in house on a very affordable contract, somebody that can play. So I would put Illuminor as that guy, the swing tackle, the swing tackle on this roster, 29 years old. Now, I'm going to move on from the offensive line in a minute, but before I do, I would like you to do a couple of things. I would like you 
to hit that like button. Don't forget the thumbs up. More thumbs up means more eyeballs. The first two days of this week have been the best first two days of a week we've ever had with this podcast. And it has a lot to do with you. You consistently like this program by hitting that thumbs up. You consistently comment. And you also, you also consistently find people to subscribe to this show. So like, comment, and subscribe. Trying to hit 2,000 subscriptions by March 1st. We're about 20 away. We can do that. The momentum is building with this show. People are picking up what we're putting down. They understand that we are the alternative, and it's all because of you. So don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review on Spotify and Apple Pods. Let's move on from the offensive line. We got a Wenu. We got a Luminor. You also have Calvin Anderson, who can be an, a, another depth piece at tackle for this team, right? Now I'm going wide receiver hunting. Now I'm looking at wide receiver. And we've talked about this guy. I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, the number one guy on my list that I think is going to be available at wide receiver, I've said this, it's Calvin Ridley. So I'm signing a Wenu on that franchise tag. I'm signing a Luminor. And now I start to go get the weapons. And I start with Calvin Ridley. Over the cap, the projection for over the cap, for Ridley's contract is four years, $68.2 million. Calvin Ridley has been very productive. And many people say, oh, he's getting older, Nick. He's like 29. Let's not forget, this guy missed more than a year and a half of football, not due to injury, but because of gambling and mental health. So he has fresh legs. He actually has the legs of a 27-year-old. So I think he's got plenty of football left. And when he's played, he's produced. So I'm going out. And I'm signing Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver one. Productive, explosive, and he brings versatility. And that's a common theme, right? Owenu, versatility. Illuminor, versatility. Ridley, versatility. Ridley can play inside. He can play outside. I think he is a perfect element to throw into this Alex Van Pelt offense. So now we've got Owenu here. We've got Illuminor. We've got some tackle depth, and now we have wide receiver one. Next on the list is quarterback. We've got to go out and get a veteran quarterback. Whether you're drafting a quarterback at number three or you're trading for a quarterback or you're drafting a quarterback in the second, third, fourth, whatever you're doing for the people who still believe Mac Jones could be on this team, you still have to go out there and get a veteran quarterback that you can trust. And this is not going to shock anybody. This is a name that a lot of people have talked about. I am signing Jacoby Brissett. I think Brissett is the perfect veteran quarterback for this team. I'm going to give Brissett a two-year deal worth $16 million. Two-year deal, $16 million. Brissett has the history with Alex Van Pelt. He knows how to run this offense. He is incredibly mature. He will be able to handle any kind of situation, whether it's the number three pick being the starter and helping that guy grow and develop, or it's to actually start for this team. I'm looking at him and I'm saying, I'm giving you a two-year, $16 million deal. And Ryan Shaw, I don't really understand. He's $16 million. He signed an $8 million guaranteed contract last year. That's his value. That's his market. If you want Brissett, you're talking two years about $16 million. By the way, if you want to jump to the front of the line, you can always send a super chat and contribute to the show. Thanks to everybody 
who sent super chats yesterday. And I also got a bunch of super thanks away from the live show. So I appreciate all those contributions. I really, really do. So now you've got some tackle depth, right? You've got a Wenu stud offensive lineman. You've got a Luminor swing tackle, Calvin Anderson insurance. You have Calvin Ridley, your wide receiver one, and you have a quarterback that could either be your starting quarterback, quote unquote, the bridge or somebody who is backing up the future at that position. In Jacoby Brissett, you have that veteran hand. Now what's next on the list? What's next on my list is tight end. You don't have any tight ends right now signed for 2024. And I start with the guy that was here last season. I am bringing back Hunter Henry. I'm going out. If I have to go to his house, knock down his door, I will look at Hunter Henry and I will tell Hunter Henry, you are one of the best leaders on this football team. We need your experience. We need your maturity. We need your red zone productivity when things are going well. We need your overall productivity. And I am bringing back Hunter Henry. Over the cap, their contract projection for Henry is two years, $14.3 million. That is more than fair. I'm giving Hunter Henry two years, $14.3 million. But I'm not done at tight end. I'm going to keep shopping. Some of you might say Pharaoh Brown. I think you need somebody more explosive than Pharaoh Brown. When you think about Alex Van Pelt's offense with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, especially last year, you think about a highly athletic, productive tight end like David Njoku. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sign Gerald Everett. And the reason why I'm signing Everett, I'm going to give him two years, $10 million. And the reason why I'm signing Everett is because he is that athletic tight end. He is that guy that can give you yak in this offense with Alex Van Pelt. He's somebody who can take a five-yard pass and turn it into 20. And that is very important in any offense, but especially this offense. So give me the athleticism. Give me the yak at tight end with Gerald Everett. And let's not forget that Everett is coming from the Rams. And the McVay offense is not the Van Pelt offense, but it's all part of that Shanahan tree, the Shanahan, Kubiak, McVay, all that stuff, McCarthy. So Everett should have a really good idea as to this playbook in his role within this offense. And I like that. So tight end one, Hunter Henry, tight end two, Gerald Everett. So now I've got my offensive line, right? I've got a Wenu tagged. I've got a Luminor as that swing tackle. I went out and I got Calvin Ridley to be wide receiver one. I then brought in Jacoby Brissett to be that veteran presence at quarterback, can be your bridge, can be your starter this year. Or you can, of course, have him be the backup to the future at that position. And then I bring in Gerald Everett alongside the returning Hunter Henry. So there's your tight end one, tight end two. Finally, I'm not big on running backs. I'm not big on signing running backs. I'm not big on spending first-round picks on running backs. As we all know, the value of that position is very low across the league. However, I'm going to take a flyer on somebody. And people might hate this idea. Okay, then have your own free agency plan. That's fine. This is my plan. I'm going to take a swing. It's a lottery ticket. Lottery ticket, flyer, whatever you want to call it. 
on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I know the production has declined every single year. He's been an afterthought in Kansas City for the past couple of seasons. Isaiah Pacheco is somebody who leapfrogged Clyde Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City. But I'm going to take a flyer on Edwards-Alaire. And the reason why is because he is another guy who can turn a short gain into a long gain. He's another guy that brings some yards after the catch. He's somebody who can catch the football and then create something out of it. And again, this idea of somebody who has been in a system that is similar to Alex Van Pelt, the Andy Reid system, the Andy Reid West Coast offense. So I think he'd be a good fit within this offense, and he would be the lightning to Ramondre Stevenson's thunder. And I looked at other people. There's a lot of running backs, but I just I don't want to overspend. And I think that you can get Edwards Alaire on like a one-year, $1.6 million deal. Spotrack, that's actually their contractual projection for Edwards Alaire is one year at $1.6 million. You take a one-year flyer. That's it. Take a one-year flyer, and if it works out, again, he's your lightning to Stevenson's thunder. You can look at other running backs, but I think those guys are going to cost you more. I think Tony Pollard is going to cost you more, a lot more. I think Hunter, I think uh, Derrick Henry is going to cost you a lot more. So some of these other running backs, we have to remember, folks, this is all big part of one plan, right? You can't spend money on everybody. You can't be going out and getting the sexiest name. If you're going to franchise tag Michael Wenu, that's going to cost you $19.8 million. If you want Calvin Ridley, it's going to cost you, what, four years, $68 million. Those are your two big ticket items on offense. The Patriots are not going to go out, and I think it would be irresponsible. You're not going to go out and spend at the top of the market for every single need that you have. I just, I, that's not realistic. So realistically, pick one or two high-dollar items on the market, Owenu and Ridley. Those are my two high-dollar values on the market. And then you've got to find other pieces that make sense, that can make you a competitive football team, i.e. Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, Jacoby Brissett, Jermaine Illuminor. I know these names aren't going to knock you over, but we're looking at this realistically. That's what we do here in the Nick Cattle Show. I'm not going to pop on this microphone and give you delusions of grandeur and say, oh, I'm going to go sign this guy and that guy and then Woo! and take my top off and go bananas, okay? I'm not going to sit here and do cartwheels. It's say Oprah Winfrey. I'm not going to start handing out, you know, $20 million per year contracts to everybody. You get $20 million. You get $20 million. You get 20 That's not this show. This is a realistic look. So you might disagree with tagging Owenu, and you might spend that money elsewhere, which is fine. But you need offensive line help. You need tackle help. So you tag him, right? I think you desperately need a number one wide receiver, and you don't know if you're going to get that out of this draft. And if you're thinking you're going to draft quarterback and still draft tackle, you're not going to get a surefire wide receiver one from this draft. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm spending the money. I'm spending the money, the, the top money, on what I need, Owenu and Calvin Ridley. And then you have to supplement it with mid-tier contracts and take flyers on some guys. 
Now, total, what we're looking at with that with that offseason I just put together, you're looking at a total of $62.435 million in average annual value. So you just spent about $62.5 million, which means you still have $26-plus million in cap space, and you have other ways that you can create even more cap space. So you can look at the rookie class you have to sign, and, of course, you also want to add a piece or two defensively. Edge rusher, free safety, defensive line with Lawrence Guy gone. There are issues defensively that you have to address, and you're not going to be able to address them in free agency. I mean, you're not going to be able to address them in the draft if you're addressing most offensive holes in the draft. So you go into the draft, and again, I'm going to have a draft plan for at least, you know, within the, at least the next week or so. I will have a draft plan to back up this free agency plan so we can have the full picture of the offense. But you go into the draft, if you follow my plan, you go to you go into the draft with at least two guys that can play tackle. You go into the draft with a wide receiver one. You go into the draft with two tight ends that are proven NFL commodities that are productive guys, especially for the money that they're going to make. You're going to go in with a veteran quarterback that you can trust that has a history with the Alex Van Pelt offense. You're also going to take a flyer on a running back that could do some damage catching the football. And now you go into the draft, and you can still look at tackle. You can certainly look at quarterback, and you can certainly look at wide receiver. And later in the draft, you can look at a developmental tight end to have that depth underneath Henry and Everett. That's what I would do. All right. Don't forget, give us that thumbs up. Every single like means the world to us. As I said a little bit earlier, we are building momentum. Since the Patriots season ended, we continue to build and build and build this podcast, and it's because of you. Don't forget to like, and don't forget to subscribe. We're inching towards 2,000 subscribers by March 1st. We're about 20 away. So like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, rate and review. Daniel jumps in, says, I really feel they need to sign a Wenu to show this locker room hard work and dedication pays off. And if they can franchise Duggar, do it because we need leaders since Slater is gone. I like your idea, Nick. Yeah, you know, the Duggar thing is going to be interesting. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Letting Adrian Phillips walk, it's not that Adrian Phillips was going to be a major contributor to this defense because he wasn't last year. And it's tough to believe he would be this season. However, you only have two guys at safety now on contract. Technically, you have Joshua Bledsoe. You have the exclusive rights, free agency with him. And you have Jabril Peppers, who's a dog. Love Jabril Peppers. That dude is awesome. But those are your only two safeties on the roster, unless, and this is what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Is Marte Mapu going to play linebacker in 2024, or is he going to play safety in 2024? He has that positional versatility. Gerard Mayo, Demarcus Covington, how do they evaluate Mapu? Is he a linebacker or is he a safety? Very, very tough. Very tough, you know, decision to make. Do you do you have him get thinner or do you have him build out some weight and, and, and put some mass on his body to be a linebacker? 
Mr. Snoop, I ask you this a lot of times. We've got to make trades like Philadelphia and Miami did for receivers because the free agent market stinks for them. Uh, see, here's the thing, though. Trading for wide receivers, to me, you have to have an answer at quarterback. Like, when you're trading for those receivers, the Tyreek Hill trade was ginormous. Five draft picks. You're the Patriots. You are not in a position to trade five draft picks for a receiver. So I vehemently disagree with going out there and, and trading a bunch of assets, a bunch of draft capital for a receiver. I just, I, I just don't see it. I don't see that happening. Patriots Loco says, I see the Pat signing former Browns offensive players like Hooper and Peoples-Jones. Could be. Could be, but th those guys are more depth, right? I mean, if you wanna if you wanna sign Hooper, Harrison Bryant's another name at tight end that people are bringing up because of his history, you wanna sign those guys? Fine, you can replace Gerald Everett on my plan with those two. I, I actually like Everett better than Hooper and Bryant. I would go with Gerald Everett. I, I think he's more explosive, and he's produced more, and he's produced consistently in the NFL. So I, I would I would lean Everett and Henry. That's why it's my plan. But that's what I would do. I, I would I would look at, you know, Hunter Henry returning. I would look at Gerald Everett being here and then drafting a developmental tight end. David Colburn, T. Higgins and Pittman are better options than Ridley. Again, I'm going to stress this as much as I can. I am realistically looking at this, David. And I'm not telling you that you're wrong, that Pittman or Higgins are better options. Higgins is obviously the best wide receiver on the market, quote unquote, right now. But the anticipation, as we've talked about, is that Higgins is going to get franchise tagged. And he's either going to get franchise tagged to stay with Cincinnati on the one-year deal or to create a contract extension opportunity and stay there long-term. Or option three is they're going to look to trade T. Higgins. And if they're going to trade T. Higgins, I can guarantee you Cincinnati is going to be asking for at least one first-round pick. Are you trading the third pick in the draft for T. Higgins? I'm not. And Michael Pittman is reportedly going to stay in Indianapolis because of the franchise tag as well. So we've got to look at things realistically. This isn't fantasy football. Calvin Ridley is the most realistic wide receiver that is at the top of that list that is going to be available. And I think he's going to be available because if Atlanta, you know, if Atlanta is looking at Jacksonville, they're thinking one thing. If Calvin Ridley stays in Jacksonville, Atlanta gets a second round pick. If Ridley goes somewhere else, then Atlanta gets a third-round pick. So you've got to ask yourself that question. If you're Jacksonville, do you want to not only sign Calvin Ridley to a contract extension, but also give up a better pick to Atlanta from the trade a couple of years ago? To me, that's a no. I let Ridley walk because I want that second-round pick. And I'm not going to be able to battle a team like the Patriots that are in desperate need of a receiver and will pay top money for Calvin Ridley. So, again, we're trying to keep this realistic. I'm not going to spend $300 million on offense, <laughs> even though we want it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out there and find the two best tackles, the best wide receiver, the best tight end, the best running back, and spend $200 bucks. Trying to look at this realistically. 
All right, your thoughts. Again, continue to give us that like, comment, and subscribe. I want to talk some Red Sox before we bounce because Rafael Devers roasted ownership yesterday, and I found it to be tremendous. Devers said the Red Sox ownership is thinking way too much about the future instead of the present. Devers says that he met with ownership in front of, at the front office to say how he feels about the lack of improvements to the roster. That was from uh, Boston Strong posting on X. Chris Cotillo had a direct Devers quote on the roster. Quote, everybody knows what we need. You know what we need. They know what we need. There's some things I can't say out loud. Everybody that knows the organization and knows the game knows what we need. Jen McCaffrey from The Athletic posted, Devers was about as outspoken as he's ever been. And Devers saying what he said yesterday is on the heels of Sam Kennedy speaking to the media on Monday. And Gabrielle Starr posted this. Kennedy told us that Dustin Pedroia FaceTimed him, Alex Cora, several of the assistant GMs at dinner last night to point out the remaining free agents on the market and make his feelings known about what the Red Sox should do. So I want to paint this picture because it's a glorious picture for anybody who cares about the Red Sox. So Dustin Pedroia FaceTimes Sam Kennedy, Cora, and several of the assistant GMs at dinner and says, hey, how about you go and spend some money and bring more talent to the team? This is outrageous what's going on here, guys. You need to spend. And then Devers comes over the top of Pedroia, doubles down, and sits there in front of the media yesterday and says that ownership is thinking way too much about the future instead of the present and that they need more. They need more to compete. And good for Devers. He is standing up for his team. He's spitting truth. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows that this Red Sox offseason was putrid. It was penny-pinching. It was outrageous. And I'm glad that Devers went out there publicly and put it on record and said that, yeah, I've talked to ownership. I've talked to the front office. Can you imagine how frustrated somebody like Devers is or Trevor Story or any of these guys? And I understand Trevor Story's been hurt, and Devers did not have as good of a season last year as we all thought and hoped that he would, especially after the contract. But it still has to be very, very frustrating to be sitting there and watching the inactivity from your front office and ownership. It has to drive you crazy. So I'm thrilled that Devers went out there and said what he said yesterday in front of the media. And there's a difference. There's a difference between Dustin Pedroia FaceTiming and Devers saying what he said in front of the media yesterday than somebody complaining as a Red Sox fan. William in Watertown is not going to have as much of an impact as Petey and Devers have. These things mean something. They have more impact. When your superstar goes out there and calls you out, I would hope that that would at least motivate in some kind of way, motivate the Red Sox to do something. Same could be said for Pedroia in the FaceTime. Hopefully that motivates John Henry to wake the hell up and say, all right, I'm going to spend some money. Yes, it's late, but I'm going to do it. Jordan Montgomery is still out there. Blake Snell is still out there. Bellinger's still out there. And, and if you're Devers, it, just like all of us, the last two trading deadlines with Heim Bloom made no sense. There was no path chosen by the Red Sox. You're either selling to be something in the future or you are buying to be something in the present. 
Heim Bloom did neither the last two deadlines. Very, very strange. And so with no clear path and then an offseason that was underwhelming doesn't even give it enough criticism. So after those two deadlines in this offseason, what are we doing? We want to wait again? You had that kind of offseason when it's been four years, five years since Mookie Betts got dealt? We've had four years of payroll talk. And at the beginning of the offseason, you say that you're going to go full throttle and spend all of this money on superstars and guys that are, you know, win above replacement and all of that stuff. And then you do nothing. You do nothing of significance. You need pitching, so you sign Giolito, but you trade Chris Sale. I mean, it's it's dumbfounding. So I'm glad Devers spoke up, and I'm glad Pedroia FaceTimed. I hope Pedroia FaceTimes every single day. Every single day, all the way to October, FaceTime every day. I hope Devers continues to speak up, force the action. It's just outrageous. Red Sox stats on X posted this. The Red Sox entered the start of free agency with a payroll of $199 million for 2024. On the first day of full squad spring training, they signed Liam Hendricks for $5 million, average annual value. You know what their projected 2024 payroll is now? $206 million. So at the start of free agency, you had a payroll of $199 million. First day of full squad spring training, you added $7 million total dollars to that number. $206 million. $7 million was spent on this baseball team in this offseason. $7 million. After we had to hear all about the luxury tax and the CBT for the last several years. They had a reset, right? How many times did we hear that? They got a reset. $7 million of payroll spent this offseason. That's just bananas, man. Bananas. And then you've got Sam Kennedy admitting on Monday that Craig Breslow has parameters on money available to spend. And on top of that, you've got Kennedy admitting that there's parameters. When going back to mid-January, Tom Werner said, in the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll. So there's mixed messages. It's not only that you're not spending money and you're not trying to actively make this team better as far as being a contender and being truly competitive in the AL East. It's not only that. It's the fact that you continue to send mixed messages full throttle at the beginning of the offseason. Then we find out that you're cutting payroll to add payroll. And now you've got Tom Werner back in the middle of January saying, we don't have a line in terms of payroll. And a month later, you've got Sam Kennedy sitting there in front of the media saying that we have parameters that we've given Craig Breslow. Mixed messages. It's all over the place. Get one message as a team, as an organization. Get one message as a franchise. Deliver that message to the fans and act upon that message. This is not tough. This is not difficult stuff. Tell us what you're going to do clearly and then go out there and do it. Instead of going back and forth and dancing around. 
You're signing Liam Hendricks and Michael Fulmer. Fulmer's not going to pitch this year. Hendricks hopefully will be back sometime in August. Teoscar Hernandez was on a podcast this week and came out and said that he wanted to be here in Boston. He loves playing at Fenway Park. It's his favorite park. That Boston was his number one option. He wanted to desperately sign with the Red Sox, but they weren't willing to give him more than a two-year contract. Their offer stunk out loud. We're not talking about a primo free agent. We're talking about somebody, though, with right-handed power that's hit well at Fenway, that wanted to play here, that would have helped your team in 2024. We got mixed up in the pitching, and that's fine. This team still needs right-handed power. You lost Turner. You lost Duvall. You didn't replace those guys. Well, O'Neal? I mean, not spending is inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And the mixed messaging is even more inexcusable. All right, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Like, comment, and subscribe. Every single thumbs up. It takes a second of your time in YouTube. Just one second. Click on that thumbs up. And that's how we get more eyeballs on this product. We continue to build momentum. We continue to build this community. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers about this show. I appreciate every single one of you. Of course, in a few hours, Gerard Mayo is going to introduce formally his coordinators. And all three coordinators will talk with the media today. So we'll certainly have some comments from them on tomorrow's show. Any other news that might pop up. Uh, and if breaking news happens, as I always say, we will be here to cover it when it does. But until tomorrow, 11 a.m. sharp here on YouTube, thanks for joining us. This has been the Nick Cattle Show.